What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling for Dummies. This is episode number 33, and I'm your host, Tim. And golly gosh, we have a show to talk about. This is your WWE Survivor Series review show. And before we get into that, just a few things I want to touch upon. Number one, apologies for this late show. Um, if you can't tell right now, I am under the weather. I have caught the flu or the sickness. I'm, I'm, I'm basically disturbed. You know, I'm down with the sickness right now. And I just want to apologize to you guys for having this out a little later than I wanted it to. Um, number two... Apologies. Also, again, I'm recording right now at 11.07 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, and there are fucking dogs barking, so if you can hear them in the background, I apologize. Uh, Usually, I record all my podcasts of a night when dogs aren't barking, but right now, there seems to be a dog barking, and I can't control that because I don't know where it's coming from, so apologies again. That... (laughs) So many apologies. All right, guys, this is Wrestling for Dummies, and... If this is your first time checking out Wrestling for Dummies, I just want to say, welcome. Welcome to this show. This show has been around since August of last year, where we just decided to do a wrestling show. And um, I'm having a lot of fun with this show. I am. Uh, If you can tell, I'm by myself, again. Um, I I think from here on in, it's going to be pretty much a solo show, unless I get guests in, uh, which is fine, in my opinion. I I think that works better. Uh, because then I get to actually talk about wrestling and not just explaining it to a certain someone, which is which is probably better for you guys to listen to anyway. And what I want to do, my goal on this show, what I want to do with this show is I want to make it big, right? I, I'm, I'm not saying I, I want to make it like one of the biggest wrestling podcasts out there because that's not going to happen. There are other podcasts out there that talk about wrestling that are massive that I'm never going to go over them. But what I want to do here is is make this a little community. And I said this last episode, I want to make this a little community where we can all come together and bullshit about wrestling, whether it be AEW, whether it be WWE or any of the other promotions that I don't watch, but you guys might. So that's what I want to do. And now with, with Mushroom saying that he's basically out with wrestling, I can kind of fix this show. I, I'm basically... Triple H-ing it. <laughs> if Mushroom was the Vince McMahon. And I can I can do little things to make this show better. And I hope that you guys will um will, will tell me if, if there is something that you like on this show. Or there's something that you don't like on this show. Let's make this shit better for everyone. And with that being said, the prediction side on this show. And I'm pretty sure that's where most people listen to this show is to see if they won or lost or how they came. But um, the predictions, we had a fair few predictions for WWE Survivor Series, and I'm fucking astounded. That's awesome. We had three new people come in to uh, to join in this, and then I'll get to that later. We'll go through the predictions later, but I just want to say a massive thank you. I also want to apologize. Sub- Survivor Series was a pretty shitty scorecard on my part. Uh, we really just had winners or losers. Um, coming into next year, there's no more pay-per-views for 2022, but coming into next year, every pay-per-view, I'm going to do a much better job of putting on, putting on bonus questions and things like that, which will make it harder for uh, a lot of people and make it more interesting in, in what well, I think anyway. So... Come next year, I think this show is going to be a lot more fun to listen to. I'm still working out the kinks on this show, still planning on how I want to run it. But if you guys have any input whatsoever, let me know. Let me know. Wrestling for Dummies Facebook page on um, Facebook, or you can just privately message me. Anything you want. We'll see what we can do. With that being said, enough bullshit. We are here to talk about WWE Survivor Series. On top of that, uh, Raw happened. And um, I'm going to be touching upon Raw lightly. I'm not going to spoil everything because some of you guys might not have seen it. Um, and I'm also going to be touching upon some news articles that I found interesting. Some things coming out of WWE Survivor Series that are noteworthy. So I thought we'd do all that stuff. But before we get to that, let's just talk about Survivor Series as a whole. Right? We're going to go through the matches 
My thoughts on the matches, what I thought could have been better, what was great about the matches, is the pay-per-view as a whole good? We'll get to all of that, so I think it's about time we talk about WWE Survivor Series. How, how many times have, have you seen the bloodline all absolutely cannot contain a laugh in the ring <coughs> when we're in front of a sold-out arena with, with worldwide live television cameras on us? Sammy brings a dynamic that none of us were prepared for. And we're prepared for everything. And what Sammy also brings is a connection with the audience that none of us can have because we've been too busy being the top act in the entire industry for over two years. And Sammy, to me, from my perspective, and from the Tribal Chief's perspective, represents the member of the audience who gets his one chance to step into the ring and live out his dream and does it so well every week that we say, do you mind coming back next Friday? We'd love to have you as part of the act. And that's who Sammy has become. He's the guy that was going to get a guest spot on a TV series and he ends up being part of the cast because he's just so damn passionate and so good at what he does. That was nice. Welcome to War Games. <laughs> WWE Survivor Series. So, before we jump into the actual pay-per-view, let's let's talk about Survivor Series quickly because Survivor Series has always been one of my favorite pay-per-views. And recently, and when I say recently, probably in the last 15 years, it's just really been a nothing show. You know, it started off as one of the big four pay-per-views. You have WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. I mean, it had so many um, debuts. You had The Undertaker debut, it had The Rock debut, The Shield, the list goes on. All these big stars now debuted at Survivor Series. So Survivor Series was, also, was always a pay-per-view that I was looking forward to. But over the past few years, we've had that, SmackDown versus Raw mentality, and it's just been a nothing pay-per-view, honestly, it's honestly just been an exhibition match where nothing really progresses, there's no real storytelling, and you'd want, you'd think that that would be the place to do it, you know, Royal Rumble's right around the corner, which then leads into WrestleMania, you'd think Survivor Series is the pay-per-view to do it, but for some reason, Vince McMahon and his fucking cronies, Bruce Pitchard and all that shit, have just decided to take a back step, a back step, a back seat on Survivor Series and just kind of been lazy. Maybe it's their break time, you know, before they get into WrestleMania. That's what they're thinking of. But Survivor Series could be so much more. And now, under Triple H's ruling, he's done something completely different, which firstly, I have to congratulate Triple H for actually doing something different with Survivor Series and not making it the traditional SmackDown versus Raw shit. And, and the biggest part about the SmackDown versus Raw shit is there was nothing to win. The winners didn't get anything. So why would these SmackDown people, all these Raw people, care? What, to defend their brand? Who cares? I don't get anything out of it. So that was my biggest problem about this thing. And look, Survivor Series 2022, it wasn't perfect. There were nitpicks that I had with the pay-per-view as a whole. There was a certain match that I found fucking shit. There was other parts in this pay-per-view that were fucking perfect, that were great. And we'll get to that all in all, but we got to start with the start, right at the start. The show opens up with a promo, and this is what I was saying on a um, on a pay-per-view that's coming out soon, which is the Friday Nightmares One Night Stand show, which is coming out soon, which is us talking about wrestling, and I'll post that in the uh, Facebook group as soon as it comes out. Heather and Scott, hurry up. Um, 
WWE is second to none with their video packaging. I think they do a phenomenal job with that stuff. And that shit there to get you, it just gets you right into the mood. You know, you get excited when you see their video packages. And this one here opens up with Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne opens up Survivor Series. Already, this is a six-star event for me. Fuck yes. I'm so glad that... And guaranteed, this is all Triple H. Triple H is a metalhead. His favorite bands are Metallica and Motorhead. Um, we're, We're getting away from the shitty fucking mumble rap music and look if, if that's your thing that's fine good on you I'm not a fan of it but we can all agree that it does not fit in the world of professional wrestling professional wrestling is hard and heavy you want something loud and aggressive heavy metal come on and the, slowly they're bringing that back so that's one that's one change that I'm really enjoying so so far the pay-per-view is off to a good start the match that opens up the pay-per-view is the Women's War Games match. Alright, I'm going to be perfectly 100% honest here, and I might look like a bit like a novice saying this. I might look like a baby in the world of professional wrestling, but I never really watched NXT too much. Um, so with that being said, War Games, I've never seen a War Games match. Now, I used to be a fan of WCW, and they did something similar in that. Um, I know War Games isn't an NXT thing. It's been around for many, many years. I mean, Dusty Rhodes was the one who created it, so... But I've never really been... I've never really seen a War Games match. So my thought this entire time, especially with this match being in Survivor Series, is this was an elimination-style match. This is my first and biggest nitpick in Survivor Series. There was not one elimination style match in this whole pay-per-view. This is the whole reason why I love Survivor Series, for the elimination style 10-man tag matches that they have. I fucking love that. And this pay-per-view had nothing, none. That really disappointed me. I was really, because I thought these both, both of these war game matches were elimination styles, and that's what got me really hooked. And then when I saw the women's war game match wasn't, it really kind of just annoyed me. <laughs> it really took me out of the pay-per-view as a whole. Because then I realized we're not getting any elimination-style matches. This pay-per-view is going to be boring as shit. Um, but the war game matches were good. I will give them that. Now, the women's war game matches. They were... It was good. It was entertaining and everything like that. Nikki Cross and Mia Yim... And I'm calling her Mia Yim. I'm not calling her Misham, whatever they call him. Uh, Nikki Cross and Mia Yim stood out in this match for me. Both doing extremely well. I-, I love when Nikki Cross was just... She is definitely gone back to the crazy Nikki Cross. There's no more superhero Nikki Cross, which, thank fuck. But I'm, I'm stoked with what she's doing. Um, she was just a ball of fun in this entire match. From climbing up the the cage and just sitting there for a while, to then jumping off, to then the kendo sticks and all those things. She was just great. And then Mia Yim. I've never really watched much of Mia Yim. And, and, and before you're asking yourself, yes, I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. One, because I can't. They're hard to find here in Australia. But I do read up and I do watch highlights. So, shut the fuck up. Um, Mia Yim looked really good in this match. I do like Mia Yim. Um, I think she looks great. When she comes out, she's got that bandana around her mouth. I think that's fucking cool. Um, but the match as a whole, like, it had some really cool spots in this match. EO Sky, Moonsault from the top, which, I mean, if you go back to her NXT match, War Games match, where she did the Moonsault with the trash can around her face, that was a lot better. This was a little sloppy. Um, and there were some parts in this match that were a little sloppy. I mean, let me point one out, the handcuff part with Alexa and Nikki, it just seemed, that whole thing there seemed dumb, you know, Nikki's got Alexa one hand in the uh, handcuffs, and then trying to handcuff her to the cage, but she's got a hand free, so you're thinking, why aren't you doing anything, punch her, get out of the handcuffs, what are you doing, Um, so that seemed a little sloppy, and I wasn't really into that, and the ending there, 
I think we all kind of expected it. I'm um I'm looking at our prediction list now with everyone's predictions, and for the most part, everyone did pick uh, Bianca's team to win. Um, there are a few that chose damage control, and after it was all said and done, after the um, Bianca's team and the baby faces won, I kind of thought, why? Why? Why did they win? They didn't really need to win, you know? I don't really see the point of them winning. Quite honestly, I, I think that this loss hurts damage control. And if we can talk freely right now, have damage control really been as great as a thing as we expected them to be? Like, when they first appeared on SummerSlam, we were all like, yes, this is going to give us something interesting in the women's division. And now, what, like three months removed? They haven't really done all that much. They're kind of like the equivalent to the Judgment Day, where they're this faction. And usually, like, look look back in history, factions, NWO, Evolution, DX... You know, even the bloodline now. All these factions are powerful. They're, they're factions you don't want to fuck with. But then you got Judgment Day and Damage Control, who are just not doing anything. They're really not doing much. Like, I, I don't know. Bailey was in a feud with Bianca. I think she should have been. She would have been better winning off that championship from Bianca. The whole Damage Control just seems dead to me now. And they really need to do something to spice up that whole faction and stable and and get them back looking actually aggressive and actually like they could do some damage control. Um, <laughs> look, overall, man, this match was fine. It was a three and a half stars for me. It seemed a bit like a spot fest at times, but overall, I was entertained. Uh, but it's not a match I'll go back to ever, really. So that was the first match. Then we've got our first <laughs> mid-match promo. And WWE do this a lot in this pay-per-view. And they've done it a lot over the last few pay-per-views where after a match is finished, they'll have a break, which is cool because I do like having a break, unlike AEW where it's match finishes, match starts, match finishes, match starts. You know, give us a break to just fucking settle down for a second. But WWE... Could be doing something better with their time. Instead, they're just showing us promos of, of superstars that are not on the card. So our first one is a 15-minute look at Brock Lesnar. And, and I know it wasn't really 15 minutes, but God, it fucking felt like 15 minutes. So that's our first one. We'll come back to this in a second one. Next match, we've got Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. A match that could main event WrestleMania. You know, I think I don't think there's anyone out there right now that can say, oh, AJ Styles or Finn Balor, they're overrated. They're not as good as they as everyone thinks they are. I don't think there's anyone saying that in the world. Everyone knows that these two superstars are phenomenal. No pun intended. Um, but with that being said, this match was okay. No, no, let me know. Okay, this match was good. This was an, a good match. What... I wasn't really invested on was the storyline of this match. I'm kind of over Judgment Day versus the OC. I'm kind of done with it. And now, now with, um, with Raw just happening and what happened on Raw this week, the rivalry is now finished and done. And I'm really glad I, I am. Look, AJ Styles and Finn Balor, two phenomenal superstars that can really do no wrong. They're both pros at what they do. And I, I think that this could be a six-star match given the perfect story. But for me going into this match, I just didn't really care because I'm over this whole Judgment Day versus OC story. <sighs> I know I'm going to get backlash for that. But hey, this is my opinion, so whatever. Um... Both men had gnarly battle scars during this. I thought that was great. I thought there was some really cool spots in this. Both men walk out to the ring wearing a mask. Mind you, Finn Balor wears a black mask. How the fuck was he seeing out of that thing? 
I don't understand, but maybe maybe that's like a Japanese thing, the masks. I'm not too sure what that is, but whatever. You do you. But overall, this match was good. Um, I, I give it no less than a three stars. I think it was entertaining for the most part. It was just a story that kept me away from it. So, All right, so we've got the next WWE promo video, and here we are with Liv Morgan. She gets 15 minutes of promo time because, you know, why not? Why not, Liv? You know, and this leads on to the next match. And the next match, we go back to the women with the Women's SmackDown Championship. Before we go into this match, I forgot to mention in the Women's War Game match that Alexa, if you didn't notice, go back and, and watch when the babyfaces are all holding up their hands and celebrating their win. Alexa seems very not into it. She seems like she doesn't care. And then coming on to Raw, she kind of did the exact same thing. Um, and if you notice closely behind her, you'll see a certain logo appear. Now, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Alexa is soon turning heel and doing something with Bray Wyatt. Uh, I think that's going to come into the fold very soon. But I'm intrigued as to where that goes, you know? Alexa going back with Bray. They really need to hurry up Bray and do something with him. I, I honestly expected them to do a LA Knight Bray thing on Survivor Series, and there was no mention of Bray, so they really need to hurry up with that shit, but anyway. Uh, Women's SmackDown Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart. Bring back Blackheart. Fuck, that's a fucking cool name. Um, Look, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, and please, if there's anyone out there that disagrees with me, I want to hear it. Ronda Rousey needs to get the fuck out of professional wrestling. I'm done with Rousey. I think she's overrated. Yes, she can move in the ring. Yes, she can do some cool things. I just don't see the big deal with her. She's just another UFC person that's coming to WWE because it's probably easy for them. But she does not belong here. She's boring. She's she's not great in professional wrestling. Yes, she knows how to do some UFC moves, but taking bumps and all that stuff, her acting is just not great. And don't get me started on her eye makeup, which seems to get worse and worse every time she comes out. Much like myself, the crowd did not give a fuck about this match. Not at all. There was there was noise, but it wasn't cheering, it wasn't booing, it was very it, it sounded like the crowd were talking to each other. They did not care about this match. And I don't think anyone I don't think anyone out there thought that Shotzi had a chance of winning this championship. I can see what they're doing. They're slowly building up to Ronda versus Shayna Baszler. Probably at WrestleMania. I, I honestly wouldn't mind it being the Royal Rumble, so we can just get the fuck over and done with Ronda Rousey. But I think they're leading that to the to, to Mania. Who knows? Who am I? I'm just a fucking fan that knows shit, you know? Um, but please, is, if there is anyone out there that is a Ronda Rousey fan... Let me know. And let me know why. Is it because she ripped off Rowdy Roddy Piper? Is it because she's the baddest woman on the planet? You know, what is it about Ronda Rousey that's so appealing? I, I don't get it. Yeah, maybe she was interesting in UFC for five seconds, but now, nah, nah. She just seems like a bitch. And not like a fun bitch like, like Heather. Like, just a bitch that doesn't, that doesn't appreciate what we love, and that's professional wrestling. You know, it just seems like she's here to get a few dollars and then leave again. And we can all see through that, and no one wants her there. Ronda Rousey is the equivalent to CM Punk in AEW. She's basically a cancer. Get her the fuck out. Sorry, Rob, I know CM Punk's your boy, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> anyway, man, this match was fucking dog shit. It was horrible. Um, Ronda Rousey botches a DDT from the apron. They they jump into the crowd and knock over people in the crowd, which seemed like the dumbest thing ever because these three people just sitting in the crowd, which were obviously plants, um, they got knocked over, and then they looked like they were knocked out for 10 minutes. It's like, Jesus Christ, you fell off your chair. How are you going to be knocked out from that? One and a half stars for this match. I did not give a shit about this match in the slightest. 
Next time, next promo, we've got Cody Rhodes. Hey, remember Cody? He's coming back soon. If they bring him back before the Rumble, they fucked up. Cody Rhodes is a great surprise for the Rumble. And the Rumble's not far away. You know, you got like, what, two months, but it will go like that. You know, once Christmas and New Year's are over, then it's just going to fly. Leave Cody Rhodes to come back at the Rumble. Number 30. Boom. My father said, whatever his fucking theme music is, have it that time. Anyway, next match, we've got the Triple Threat US Championship match. We've got Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Seth freaking Rollins, all right? <laughs> he comes down to the ring with his fucking baby teeth and his stupid hair. <laughs> and, he's, and he's mouthing off to someone in the crowd. He's probably there going, I'm Seth freaking Rollins. Look at my baby teeth. I like Seth Rollins, I do. But, Jesus, fix your teeth. Um, theory looks good. Theory comes down, and I'm actually... I, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Austin Theory. He looks good. He looks like he's put on more muscle. He's got that beard going now. He's lost his fucking cell phone selfie gimmick. That was shit. I'm really enjoying what Austin Theory is doing. Now, this match as a whole, triple threat match for the US title... On paper, I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds like an interesting, fun match. Let's do it. And then the match happens, and this match was fucking great. This match was really good. There was some really great spots in this match as a whole. You had Seth Rollins doing the curb stomp over Theory onto Bobby Lashley. You had so many good points in this match, and and like I picked Seth Rollins to win, and, and most people on the scorecard did. Um, there are other people that picked Theory to win. No one picked Bobby Lashley to win. But the whole match, I really, it really had me invested because we didn't know for sure who was winning. This wasn't Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi, um, where we knew who what the outcome was going to be. This is a match that anything could happen. And they really played that up. They had different things happening where you're like, oh shit, that's the, that's got to be the ending. And then kick out. And this is one of the reasons why I love this match. I thought it was great. But I think the biggest shock to everyone is Austin Theory getting the 1-2-3 and winning. And I'm not shocked, but the crowd definitely was. You know, they, they panned to the crowd with people's mouths wide open. And they were absolutely shocked. And I don't think that Austin Theory is appreciated yet yet mark my words ladies and gentlemen i think austin theory is going to be the next best thing the next big thing in wwe and i think he'll come good i i honestly think he'll be up there with cena and orton i honestly do that's my honest opinion and i think triple h is slowly building him up you know he's, he's made him grow out his beard more he's, he's gotten rid of the selfie gimmick and he's gotten rid of the Money in the Bank briefcase. And a lot of people will sit here and go, the way he did it was stupid. And I'll agree, it was stupid. But the thing is, Austin Theory was not ready for the World Championship. Not at all. Not for another probably two years, you know? He's not ready for that yet. He's too young. He's too green. Or not, not green. He's good what he does, but... I just think he needs to establish his character more before he goes anywhere near that championship. Um, and I see Triple H doing that. Unlike Vince McMahon, who was pushing him straight for the title. And it was way too soon. And I think Triple H could see that. He could see that it was too soon. So he took that, champ that briefcase off him. Maybe not in the best way, but he did it. And I think that was the best thing for him. Now... Austin Theory winning the US title, which is now being shown as the basically the world title on Raw, since uh, Roman Reigns is holding both of them hostage. But I think that this was a good decision. This was a good move. And I'm keen to see what they do with Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. Also, Bobby Lashley. I'm keen to see what they do with all three of these guys. Where do they go from here? 
Um, I, I think Seth is going to feud with Austin a little bit more. I mean, they did show more on Raw of these two. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So, this match here for me was a 4.5 stars. I, I love this match. It was fucking great. Next mat, Next up, we've got the next promo, which is a Miz promo, because that's what we need. Remember the Miz? Actually, when was the last time we've seen the Miz on a pay-per-view? It's been a while. Wow. Um, yeah, so Miz gets his own promo, which is fine, as long as he shows Maurice. Have you guys... <laughs> go on to Maurice's Instagram and enjoy yourself. Lastly, we've got the Men's War Games match. And both teams come out. Kevin Owens comes out in a different attire, wearing a Dusty Rhodes t-shirt and uh, some long pants. Um, good teams on both halves, you know? I am... A bit, okay, before this match ended, this is my thoughts on the bloodline before this match ended, I'm really, really into the bloodline. I'm really into the bloodline. This is before the outcome of this match, right? I'm walking in going... I, I honestly, I had um, Sheamus's team winning this because I thought this is a time where Reigns can lose without losing his championship. Uh, so I had Sheamus's team winning this, but I am <laughs> I'm one of those people in the world that doesn't want Roman Reigns or the Usos losing their championships yet. I think it will be around Mania where they do. Give them the longest reign that you can because what they're doing right now is the second best thing in professional wrestling. Obviously, the first best thing in professional wrestling is MJF, but then you've got the bloodline. I am absolutely loving what they're doing with them right now. That's what I thought before this match finished. So this match as a whole, um, it was good. It was a good match. I think this match as a whole was better than the the women's war game match. And the reason being is because the, the women's war, war game match was more action-packed. It was more spot, more filled with spots. Whereas the men's war game match was more storyline-driven. This whole match was, was storytelling. And my favorite aspect in wrestling is storytelling. And the Bloodline story is killing it. As I said before, I don't want any of them to lose their championships. In fact, gives either Solo or Sammy the IC title. Bring some more titles into the Bloodline. I'd be all for it. Um, let's talk about the actual story in this whole match, though. And that's obviously Sammy and KO. And I think that what they did with this story, with Sammy turning on KO, was absolutely 100% fan-fucking-tastic. I loved it. I loved it because it was a swerve that no one saw coming. Everyone went into this match expecting something to happen, but no, I don't think anyone expected Sammy to turn on Kevin Owens, you know? Maybe it was Sammy turning on the bloodline. Maybe it was the bloodline turning on Sammy. But I don't think anyone expected that what what we got. Sammy low-blowing Kevin Owens and then giving him the Hilluva kick. And then the biggest surprise was Jey Uso hugging Sammy, which <laughs> it's the hug heard around the world. You know? The biggest hug. And what's... <laughs> It fucking amazes me that the pop that that hug got, it was fantastic. It was fucking great. I loved it. I loved it. This match as a whole was a four stars for me. Uh, I think they did a superb job of storytelling. It made Reigns look like a fucking beast and a boss just sitting in his cage in a chair and then just coming in, doing a few things here and there. And um, I loved it. I thought this match as a whole was, was good. It wasn't spectacular. I did enjoy the US Championship match more. But I think the storytelling in this match is easily the best part of the whole pay-per-view as a whole. Now, where do we go from here with the bloodline? I think it's almost certain 
that the bloodline are going to turn on Sammy. And I think that this is going to be the best thing. It's going to be the best for business, you know? How good, how good will it be when, so, so far, we're, we're invested in this right now. We are, I think everyone out right now is invested in the bloodline and Sami Zayn being in the bloodline, that when that turn happens, Sami Zayn is going to be the biggest baby face in the entire company. And there is a lot of people saying that Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns for the championship at WrestleMania. I'm not against it. I'm not. But if you're going to end Roman Reigns' reign with Sami Zayn, how many fucking times do I want to rhyme? I think that that's probably a weak option. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I like Sami Zayn, but for him to be the one to put the end to Roman Reigns' reign, eh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, there are, there, there's been rumours for years, but the rumours are heavy this year that The Rock is going to be the one to verse Roman Reigns. And if that happens, if it's The Rock versus Roman Reigns, great. But keep the championships out of it. Have Reigns lose the championships before WrestleMania and have The Rock versus Reigns for a one-on-one match without the championships. We don't need the championships in that match at all. I don't want The Rock winning to become champion again. That's just, yeah, it's not, not a thing you should think about. The Rock's done with being champion. If he wants to come back for a match, fine. But no more titles for The Rock. Unless he wants to fucking stay here and quit Hollywood. But we all know that's not happening. The other option is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes back, wins the Rumble, faces Reigns at Mania. That's another story that they were slowly building up and they could come back to it. That'd be fine. If Cody wants to win the championship, fine. It's going to happen eventually, but whatever. But Sammy beating Roman, I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't. The other rumor is Sammy and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the tag titles. I think that's the better way to go. In my honest opinion. That's my honest opinion. So, the pay-per-view as a whole. Overall, this pay- this whole pay-per-view didn't really set anything up for the Rumble or anything. The entire match, the men's war game match, was to make Sammy a definite Uso. And I'm not mad as at it, but I would have liked more seeds planted as a whole. Um, you look at the card as a whole, and I think it ended a few rivalries. Finn versus AJ, it ended that. Shotzi versus Rousey, thank fuck it ended that. I wish it ended Rousey, but no. Um, there are others that it should have ended. The whole Bianca versus Damage Control, it should have ended that. Um, um, what's the other one? I'm I'm losing my mind. The US title, that's the one. Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory. That can keep going, but I think Bobby is now out of that fold, so that's done. So now we're coming into the end of the year, and there's no more pay-per-views until next year. This is where they need to start from scratch, get some real stories going. Obviously, the Bloodline story is, is one of the best, but keep it going. I like what Triple H is doing, but there still needs to be a lot of work done before he gets it back to perfection. Back to where it was, where it should be. You know, it's gonna, it's easily gonna take a few years for Triple H to fix all of Vince's mistakes. But I, in my opinion, I think he's doing a phenomenal job with what he's been giving us right now, guys. That is my Survivor Series review for 2022. I think it's about time we do some news. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Wrestling news. Yeah, you guys thought I was going to do predictions early, but no, we're going to talk about some news because there's a few things that I want to bring up, and I'm going to be doing this a little bit more during the podcasts. 
So I give you a little insight on what's happening be behind the scenes on professional wrestling. And the first little news thing I've got to talk about is something that's actually really, really bad, um, really sad. Um, Mickey James. This revolves around Mickey James. We all know her. She was a WWE superstar. She's now a in in TNA. She was a Knockouts Championship champion for a while. Um, she was in this year's Royal Rumble. Uh, Mickey James's brother died in a car wreck last night, along with his 16-year-old stepdaughter and 15-year-old friend. Mickey James's brother Wayne Knuckles leaves behind three daughters and a wife if she survives as serious. If she's in a serious condition. Mickey James went on to say, "Thank you for everyone for the love and messages. It's warmed my heart. Please continue to pray Wayne's wife, Christy Knuckles. She is still in serious condition in hospital. She lost both her husband, my brother, and her 16-year-old daughter in an accident. I can't imagine. Also, for the parents of her daughter's best friend, who was only 15, they had just picked her up and were taking the girls to school. My heart is broken for them, as I don't know." what I would do, think, or even feel. I'm sending so much strength, healing, and love. Lastly, please lift up the driver of the other vehicle who hit, who hit them. Thankfully, he is okay, but mentally and emotional, I'm sure he's devastated. I hope he knows and forgives himself. It wasn't your fault. There was nothing you could do. It was an accident, a tragic accident. So thoughts and prayers go out to Mickey James. That's fucking horrible, man. I, I could not think of anything worse. Then that to happen, but yep. Um, <clears throat> next little report comes out from Survivor Series, and I'm just trying to find it here. But this is breaking news coming out of Survivor Series involving Roman Reigns. Fright Fightful reports that Roman Reigns was visibly upset after the War Games match as he took issue with an unplanned spot in the match with Kevin Owens. Apparently, what the the go is with um, Roman got backstage, he mentioned that he possibly had a, a ruptured eardrum and wanted the spot to happen as it was originally planned. I'm guessing this is the spot where him and Owens were slapping each other. I think Owens might have slapped him too hard around the ear area and it's pissed off Reigns, but he made it, reportedly made it clear to, to everyone that he wasn't happy and there were expletives used. This has now come on to something else that the rumor main event for the Royal Rumble was Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. The rumor is, and I'm not saying this is true or not, I'm just reading what I've seen online. So for all, we all know it could be absolute bullshit, but it's been posted a few times. Uh, the rumored match was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the championships. That has now been changed, and Roman Reigns will now fight Sheamus at the Royal Rumble. But we'll see with what goes on. But yes, apparently Roman Reigns is not very happy with Kevin Owens after the event. So nothing's been said. I'll, I'll let you guys know on, on future Wrestling for Dummies shows. Um... The last bit of news I'll mention is kind of a two-for-one, and it goes to AEW, actually. Dax Hardwood and FTR have um, talked about their current contract and how it expires soon, which um, if you didn't realize, and if you go to like either of their, their Twitter, they seem to post some things regarding their run in AEW and how lackluster it's kind of been. Um, but Dax Hardwood stated during a conversation with Sean Ross Sapp of Frightful that the tag team first thought their AEW contract would be up last year, but he now believes his current AEW contract expires at the end of April 2023. He said they're weighing their options and that he and Cash Wheeler have discussed their future extensively. One specific plan that they have discovered is taking a year off from wrestling for big companies. Harwood claimed that the chance to work with more independent companies has let them realize how much they enjoy working on these shows. So that's one thing. On top of that, on top of AEW and contracts coming to an end, William Regal, he's our AEW status. Now uh, we obviously saw what happened on AEW with William Regal and, and Moxley and all that stuff, and it looked like William Regal was going to join MJF, but apparently... Apparently, his, his contract may be up. 
sooner than than later. Um, sorry, I'm just realizing something right now that apparently and this is just news to me. It's breaking to me right now. Apparently, the the, the rumor before this was William Regal's contract was up. Uh, was only for a year, which means he started in AEW in about March, which means it'll probably be done in March. But Dave Meltzer just tweeted that a correction from last night's show regarding Regal's deal, based on what he said when he signed, his deal signed last spring was for three years. So there we go. That puts the rumor killer on that. But still, it's interesting with FTR. What are they going to do? I think they're a, they're a team that AEW doesn't want to lose. You know, they're one of the best um, tag teams in the whole professional wrestling industry. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But either way, it'll be interesting. That's it for wrestling news. And I think it's about time we wrap this show up with the Survivor Series predictions. Before we jump into the predictions, I just want to thank our um, our new our new fighters coming into the ring this time. Charles Lincoln, who has his first time putting in tips. Thank you. Sammy Cassell, thank you very much. And Geordie Van Vuklis. I think Geordie's done it once or twice, but I, I want to welcome him as well. And um, Don and Ellie also. This is his second time coming back, so hopefully we'll see more of Don and Ellie. And then you've got the usual fighters who come in to take their shots every now and then. You've got Rob Hungy, Zach Davis, me. Heather, that bitch. Paul Lindy, Scott, sexy fucking guy. And, uh, yeah. So, with that being said, this is out of five, and we're going to go from lowest to the winner. So, coming in with a score of one out of five, we have a tie between Paul Lindy and... Rob Hungy. Both of you guys scored one. I'll let you guess what match you scored right. It was the Ronda match. Everyone got the Ronda match right. I'll just say that. Alright, coming in next, we have another tie with one, two, three, four, five, six people all coming in with three out of five. And that includes me, Heather, the bitch, uh, Donanelli, Sammy Cassell, Charles Lincoln, and Zach Davis, the champion. So Zach is right now on the lower end. Ladies and gentlemen, coming in at second with a score of four out of five, we have Scott motherfucking Crawford. And ladies and gentlemen, the new... Hungy Wrestling for Championship, fucking whatever it's called. We have a perfect score here of 5 out of 5. Jordy Van Vuklas has taken the title of Zach Davis and is now your new Wrestling for Dummies champion. With a perfect score. 5 out of 5. Wow. That is, that is really good. That is really interesting. Jordy, congratulations on becoming the new champion. And thank you to everyone out there who sent in their predictions. We are going to do this again at the next pay-per-view, which I'm pretty confident it is the Royal Rumble. I've been wrong before, but I'm pretty sure it's the Royal Rumble. But if it is the Royal Rumble, or no matter what pay-per-view it is, there's going to be a lot more questions. It's not going to be out of five. It will probably be out of 30. I'm going to be making this a lot more interesting um, the more we do this. So next year, better look out. But before I leave you, I just want to say that uh, this Wrestling for Dummy show, I want to make it a little more, um, uh, what's the word? I want to do it more, you know, not just for the pay-per-views. So I think, I'm thinking that I'm going to be start doing this fortnightly, right? We're going to be talking about the actual shows leading up to the pay-per-views and not just the pay-per-views themselves. So with if everything goes to plan, I, I hope to do this more and I hope you guys will um, will follow and listen, and if you guys got anyone out there who's a wrestling fan that thinks they'd be interested in this, let me know. Uh, show them this podcast and go, hey, guys, get into this. Because I want to make this shit grow, and you guys 
are the perfect people to help me. So I want to say thank you to everyone right now who's listening. And next year is going to be a fun fucking year for us. We're going to have um, championships everywhere. I mean, we're not going to be like AEW where there's 2,000 titles. But yeah, maybe we'll make another like mid-card title. We'll see. Whatever. Anyway, guys, that is it for Wrestling for Dummies this week. This time, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll catch you just before the end of the year. Until then, my name is Tim. This is Wrestling for Dummies. Good guys, out. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Brainwash mine. Oh, God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sins Satan laughing spreads his wings Oh Lord Destruction, chaos, unparalleled brutality awaits. Welcome to War Games. Ha! <laughs>